You're listening to Drinking on the Job, D-O-T-J. I'm your host, John Coyle. Drinking on the Job is a toast to the culture of food, wine, and all things fermented. We'll be talking with winemakers, musicians, artists, late-night bartenders, scoundrels, and more. It's time to grab a glass before its last call. Il Buco and Il Buco Alimentari are the physical manifestations of Donna Leonard's lifelong passion for food, wine, and travel. Listen in as we discuss her new book, Il Buco, Stories and Recipes. DOTJ Podcast, now listened to in 17 countries, starts now. So, hey, uh, DOTJ is uh, welcoming Donna Leonard, owner of two of the most beautiful restaurants in New York City, Il Buco and Il Buco Elementary. She has her first book coming out next week, simply called Il Buco, Stories and Recipes. It will for sure be a must-have. So, thank you, Donna, for coming on. Thanks for having me, yeah. John. Um, Il Buco, to me, is like a beautiful orchestra. To me, everything just perfectly comes together. I was just telling Donna, we had a glass of wine before, about I've celebrated so many of my great life moments there. On this podcast, I've mentioned Il Buco as one of my favorite restaurants no less than 10 times, particularly dishes. I say, if you're going to eat your way around New York City, you have to stop in Il Buco and have the cavalanero salad uh, and the portaga, like, but dishes, and it's always listed as my favorite, so much so that the... Uh, 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 my uh, executive producer Ross is his man. You, they gotta pay you. <laughs> I thought we were. Uh, but uh, you know w- what's funny is I know people who've said, uh, you know, Donna just kind of lucked out. That's a beautiful space, and uh, just kind of walked into it and it's magical. And uh, it, to which you know I, I said total bullshit. And then you went and recreated Il Buco Alimentari, which has the same vibe, vibe and beauty. And I'll, by the way, on a side note, congrats on the COVID outside. It, you you still feel like you're in Europe when you're sitting on that cobblestone street yeah, out front and the nice. lights and the farm tables and everything just spectacular. Uh, just ate there a couple of weeks ago. So You've probably eaten there more than I have yeah, in the I, last I, few months. I think I have. You've, <laughs> sat, down, you've sat down with us a few times. Uh, but yeah, it's still my wife's absolute favorite. But, you know, I'm trying to figure out, like, what uh, what is the, the muse for you um, you're obviously a very complicated person. I know you, you lost your first love, uh, Joe, uh, at a young age. Is that where you have this, uh, anyone who knows you knows you have this incredible strong uh, personality, uh, vision, um, artistic sense. Uh, I don't think you lose many arguments. That's my take after knowing you. <laughs> 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 uh, and oh, and what, do, what do you, is, is it is it the loss of somebody that you loved uh, so much that you you just said, fuck it, I'm going to do what I'm going to do? Um, uh, I know, um, I believe he was in film, you were in film, documentary films. What do you attribute that to? Is it p- parents? Is it just the spirit you were born with? Oh, boy. Wow. That's I'm getting such deep a complicated here. question. So right, <laughs> right off the get-go. We drank too much wine to start. Okay. Sorry. So, um, wow. I think the answer to that... Maybe I start with Alberto. Okay, you that's know, a good place I, to start. I think my my partner in the restaurant. Yes, you know, um, Il Buco was born out of a terrible loss in my life at a at a young age, um, with the death of my fiance just before our wedding. So that was a kind of crazy, traumatic, tragic mm-hmm. event. 
a year later, I met a crazy Italian charismatic guy working in a restaurant and um, was kind of whisked into another world and it was very complicated mm -hmm. and very volatile and very passionate and very um, karmic kind of connected to all the things that I love mm -hmm. and maybe didn't even know that I loved so I think you know you're coming out of a, a tragedy and you I think it was at that moment that I decided that I was needing to live for two people was it you could either go under the bed or like grab life in another way and try and rebuild right. and I think I was um, flailing around trying to you know grab on to something and there comes this spirit of Alberto into the room and started me on a completely different course you know I was trying to produce my fiance's screenplay and it was very difficult I was working in a restaurant there I walks in Alberto and you know he wants to either move back to Europe or export Americana to Spain and Italy and next thing we know we're like shopping in Pennsylvania and our Suzuki Samurai and carrying antiques back to our little apartment and you know we find we coming across the cobblestones one day in that Suzuki we find uh, I find this space you know right next to Spectra Photo Lab and there's these chandeliers in the window and I walk in and we'd been looking for a space to do our our export business and meet Warren Muller the artist in the space and you know one thing led to another we end up taking this space which was what year was that 94 <laughs> right. 1994 um, and I think, you know, out of that, you know, desire to find myself again and against, you know, a character like Alberto was kind of quixotic and all over the place. Mm -hmm. I think I had to fight for my breath, right. you know. And so I think, you know, before that, I, I, I didn't ever fight with my partner. <laughs> but so, instead, so it made you find your voice basically right yeah in a in a you know at first it was a fight to find my voice and I I think I had that growing up with my dad mm. and here it was again in Alberto but it forced me to you know focus in on what I really loved and we had this shared love for and the shared aesthetic mm. um, that helped us build this beautiful store that when it was finished we looked at one another standing outside and and just said can you believe what we just did and each one of us were like no I never imagined it being like this and we had that kind right. of connection together to create it started as an antique store though right it wasn't a restaurant yeah, no <clears throat> right yeah we opened a store it was gonna be this export you know business and then we ended up taking the whole space we were gonna do export out of the back room but we the people that were the artists that were there were like you know rent 1750s going up to 2000 Right. too much Alberto's like for two thousand dollars two thousand square feet you know yes if we can't do that I'm going back to Italy and so we ended up with that space and um, so how do you start serving food because you're an antique shop well we were cooking out of this little Susie homemaker kitchen in the back that the artist ceramic artists had like a, a refrigerator and a professional sink for dealing with their clay and a four burner electric stove and we were cooking lunch in the afternoon and people were coming in and eating and of course I mean honestly Alberto from the very beginning was like 
you know, we're going to serve tapas and wine one day here, and that's how we're going to get people to buy the antiques and da 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 da. da. And um, when it was ready, we invited our landlords in, and we Alberto cooked them this amazing lunch, and they agreed to let us make a restaurant there. Wow. You know, it's funny. I remember when it first opened, not long after it first opened, because I went in there just, uh, wasn't I just started in the wine, wasn't quite in the wine business, went in, and I met Alberto. I met, I'll give my two Alberto stories. And um, I remember sitting at a table, and I really loved that table, and he was like, you want it? And the people were like, what? And he goes, yeah, buy it. And what? And like they carried out a table. <laughs> I was like, wow, that is so freaking crazy. Like I just had lunch and I'm walking out the door with my table and chairs. But um, my second Alberto story is so when I first started in the wine business, I'd have to go taste him on wine. <clears throat> Brought a bag of wine. And inevitably, and this happened three times and I had to give the account away. We would drink every <laughs> bottle of wine in the bag. If I had four bottles, we'd drink. And like the third, we'd be trashed. And Reggiano, we'd always have Reggiano come to the table and he used to bang on the table really hard and go, this is Viagra. <laughs> and like after the third time, he never bought any wine from me. I'd walk out of there stumbling fucking drunk. Did it to me three times. I'm like, yeah, I don't think this is my account. I came in still eight and hung up. <laughs> I had to give it up. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, but really kind of uh, um, uh, an amazing. And then it turned into this incredible uh, restaurant. Um, and uh, it, it just continued to to move. And um, it is a crazy, crazy place, right? It's a crazy place. I mean, when Alberto walked in the space after I, I, I first, you know, met the artist just haphazardly that day driving by, he, he walked into the space and he was like, this is, this is our space. It was like, this space has the energy. It's the magic. I, and anyone who's <laughs> been there who's listening to this totally understands that. That's why I've had so many great life moments there with the anniversaries and birthdays and my daughter's 21st because it, there is something special about it. I don't know what it is. The tectonic plates, I don't know what happened there 200 years ago. But well, I mean, things happened there. And I think... You know, the way that Alberto always describes is that our, our guardian angels are in that space. There is something in that space. There was something in that space, an energy in that space that has guided us, you know, that guided us from the beginning. But we also had, you know, we had Ghostbusters come in, you know, going, like, talking about, because it was, you know, an 1845 building right. that Edgar Allan Poe used to frequent when his wife was ill and there was a speakeasy in the cellar downstairs. The cellar's amazing. And these Ghostbusters came to like free exercise the cellar from these ghosts that were in there. It was like a crazy, one yeah. of those crazy things. But, but that space was, um, you know, definitely had a, an energy charge and a really benevolent energy charge. And I think Keyword. Alberto's one of those yeah. people that um, really felt those things. Mm. And um, and I think that's what we've always said that it that that space led us, and we conspired with it to create El Buco, and um, it's been something that we both to this day marvel at. Yeah, um, I, I, but I think this. Uh, you're right, but your energy definitely kind of coalesced with it because it's also your sense of design, your obsession with detail. I mean, what were you doing before the podcast? Uh, you you were upstate. What were you doing upstate with with your chef Justin Smiley? You have an obsession with like, you're so curious uh, still about food and so what investigating. Were you, what, yeah, yeah, we were we were um, with 
Fabio Chisola at Westwind Orchards, you know, mm. tasting his new ciders and meeting a chef and going up to Hudson Valley Fisheries to see the the production of a sustainable steelhead farm fishery. That might make it on the menu. Though. That it's already on the menu, okay, but we've never actually physically been there right. and we really we were already in Acord and we said, you know, Hudson's an hour away and let's go finally you know, see the fishery. So we went up there and then we, you know, tootled around the two of us and ate Asian food from a food truck in Hudson. And we just had Drink a great cider. day. Yeah, yeah that's a damn a great, good day. Great day. So wh- where does the uh, uh, obsession with detail and vision come from? Is it, uh, did your dad have it or is it a family thing or just something that just you were born huh. with? Um, my dad did have it mm-hmm. um, for sure. And, um, you know, I was a filmmaker before I was a restaurateur, mm-hmm. and so I'm some. I'm, I feel I am a creative. I'm somebody who, you know, works viscerally from things that I love, and um, and I respond to environments and textures and nature, and right. um, and those are the things that guide me. Without you know any real training in that direction, but I feel like well, I went to film school, but I feel like, you know certain people have that connection and no, you just yeah. you go after it and I, you're always trying to hone it and refine it and right and that's why I'm, I'm betting you don't lose arguments when you feel like this is the right thing this is what we're going to do I'm sure a lot of people uh, fell by the wayside <laughs> said okay I, I give you're right Donna and by the way you know you go in the restaurant I mean it's just you you're picking stuff up you're looking at these light fixtures that you've never seen anywhere before who crafted the light fixtures the chandeliers from the pots and pans and stuff that hang above like oh those are the artists who we got the space from right I that's mean, Warren yeah, yeah that's Warren Muller he's in Philly now um, uh, I mean the, the place has such soul and then you mentioned the cellar underneath you feel like you're in some cellar in Europe it just you don't feel like you're there anyone who I've ever brought there says the same thing like wow we escaped New York um, you, you did this amazing job and then um, and it's just not the space because then you opened Ubuku Alimentari and it has also same kind of detail the, the vibe the energy um, it's not Ubuku which is probably the some, somewhat of a curse because that's such an amazing space but that Alimentari is a spectacular restaurant no I, honestly the you know the the job of building Alimentari was um searching for um, its own voice with the history of Obuko. There had to be a connection to Obuko, but it had to be its own personality. Mm-hmm. I always say, you know, Obuko is the living room and Alimentary is the studio, is the production studio. Oh. Um, and I wanted it to feel that, you know, the marble, the metal, the, you know, cleaner surfaces. We're, we're producing in there. We're making bread. We're curing Salumi, you so know. Talk, yeah, talk, so talk to me about the, the, the bread making, because two things you walk away from a book, too. It's some of the best bread because it's baked on premise, and you hired this baker. I don't know how many bakers you interviewed. God only knows. And the obsession with olive oil. You do flights of olive oil, and it's just, and it's mind-blowing uh, to somebody who, for the first time, will, you know, take that trek across six different kinds of olive oil uh, with this amazing bread. But, like, and that's just the bread. <laughs> like, well, you know, Alberta was always like, it's the basic ingredients you have to start with. You know, the bread, the water, the wine, you know, like, um, yeah. you know, it, and, and the Mediterranean cuisine, you know, you gotta, got your, you gotta get your olive oil, your salt, and your vinegar. So just very simple. 
and, um, and, and get the basics right and get the ingredients right and make it with love and there you go and you start there and you never, you never falter from those prime materials mm-hmm. because that's what's gonna give you what you gotta get. Right. And I think you know we've had two very special bakers in elementary and we started with Kamel Sassi, um, French, and Wasn't he like the MMA guy or a boxer? Like he was a jiu-jitsu quit, fighter. Jiu-jitsu fighter. He had, yeah. the, he had the cauliflower ear and yeah. everything when I met him. I was like, wow. Totally. And gave up fighting to fell in love with baking bread. These yeah. are the kind of people you draw into your life, though. Yeah, it's crazy. Right? <laughs> I l- 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 he also disappeared. <laughs> did he? <laughs> He's okay. been back, but okay. he actually did. You know, he did disappear. He did disappear. Okay. Um, and Sheena, you know, was a uh, like a working in corrections and then she started working at Amy's police corrections and she was working went to work for um, Amy's bread and found her way you know and is an incredible baker and person and sweetheart and now mother Um, and she you know also everything's very it's it comes from a purity of like I'm gonna do it this way and not that way and it's going to be because i love it yeah all right um speaking of appearing and disappearing then you have the charismatic roberto (laughs) roberto (laughs) paris who's been on the show i love uh he's a he's a comes in and out uh tell tell me the first time you met roberto uh well first of all (laughs) roberto never disappears for me right i mean roberto has been the steady eddie at my side when Alberto was coming and going because they grew up together. I met I met Roberto three, two or three years, two and a half to three years into Il Buco. We had some press in New York Magazine and he stopped by the restaurant. Um, nobody knew where Alberto was in Italy. He disappeared. His family didn't know where he was. And um, so put that together (laughs) 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 and this guy walks in and he's got this kind of matty dreadlocky hair Um, and he comes up to me I was sitting outside and he says "Um, can I speak to the owner please and I said yeah I'm I'm the owner and and he says no isn't there a guy and I said yeah my partner Alberto and he says can I speak is he here and I said well he's upstairs who should I say is here and he says Roberto from Foligno and I said okay so I you know I ran up and I called Alberto and he came down and and you know, of course they hadn't seen each other in eight years and they grew up together oh, in wow. Foligno and you know it was this very beautiful and very impassioned <laughs> if you can imagine reunion <laughs> and um Roberto was never allowed to leave. (laughs) He was working with his brother and, you know, lighting. And and Alberto's like, you have to come here. You have to do the lines. You know. Yeah. And, and, you know, within a few weeks or maybe a month, Roberto was pulled in and and he never left. He did everything at El Buco from... You know, wine director to general manager, back to wine director. Oh. Um, he's the godfather of my son. He's my dearest friend. There's there's nothing like when he's in the restaurant. He's taking care of you. You feel like you're the only person in the restaurant. It's just, uh, yeah. it's absolutely amazing. Super uh, special. Yeah. Uh, so, talk to me a little about astrology because I know people you've <laughs> hired, <laughs> and they're like, don't always ask me what my sign is. Uh, and and it's uh, and, and by the way, yeah, my wife Gail, she's 
as our charts read. She's <laughs> totally into it, but it's important to you. And what part of the puzzle is that for you? How important is that piece of the puzzle for you? No, not not so important. No. It's it's fun. It's an interesting. Yeah, it's, it's fun. A, it's a it's side like note, a, yes. right? It's absolutely a side note. I don't, you know, I dabble in astrology. I have fun with it. I like to have my chart done. I have friends who do that, and and I love it. And I think it's interesting. And I'm I have my own spiritual side, and I enjoy that. Um, and I do like it is like usually the last question in my interviews, um, just to kind of get a, a read. <laughs> <laughs> actually, it's, it's actually a really good question because you, if you freak somebody out, you're like, do you are way too fucking uptight to be working here? Because Obuko has got a chill vibe. There I are mean, a couple signs yeah. that I kind of steer away yeah. from. <laughs> <laughs> and I, some for men and some for women. Sure. Yeah, no, my, my, my wife, she will call it too. She'll guarantee you that guy's an Aries. Guarantee you. And I got to tell you, she has a pretty high hit rate. Yeah. Um, so she's... Uh, okay, so what would Gail and I are going to have to have a little conversation. Yeah. By the way, I was saying it earlier, a great pull for a chef, Justin Smiley, to be back at the helm at Ilbuka because he was there and went away and came back. Um, that man is incredible. Um, that's, uh, that's a pretty recent. That's right before COVID? It's May. Yeah. Wow. Right during COVID. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And he is just an uh, um, in- incredible chef. And uh, but it's crazy because that place, I mean, it's known you've had, I mean, Jody Williams, you've had like amazing, uh, you know, uh, chefs come, came in and left. And uh, Ibuko is just this entity. Um, it's always great to have a, great, a cool chef, uh, somebody who really knows what he's doing, like Justin, because the caliber does t- you know, turn up a little bit. I mean, his obsession with like uh, breads. What's the pizza he makes from an ancient grain? That's uh, our Tamilia. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like that was something he just kind of. Uh, uh, put back on the menu pretty recently he's playing around with it still mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. just yeah so give me a couple of your epic meals because the book goes into some traveling there's great uh, photos i mean the recipes alone people are going to have to just pick it up just for that alone but also there's some beautiful pictures of, of, of vineyard stuff you and i've traveled together in spain and sherry and uh, some france um i missed out on the Pessard. alan Pessard cooked you guys dinner in his garden can't believe I didn't get to go to that, but like, what nice. are some other like fantastic meals you've had? I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna slide back to the Pl- chefs for a minute because Pl- I yeah, can't, yeah, I can't pass that over. Sure, um, no, no. So, so lightly because it's been so much a part of Il Buco because I'm not a chef because mm. I love to cook, but I'm not a chef, and I've really had incredible people come into the restaurant and and work with them and have great relationships with them and and happily have great relationships with them now even after they've left and I think that's you know Justin coming back is a testament to that like Mm -hmm. having somebody who you um, had such a great connection with and we you know got those three stars at at elementary five months into the opening was really sad to see him leave after three years and but also you know great kudos for him to grow and learn and do some other things um, that were important for him um, but also to have that come back and have a chance because we really had a great collaborative relationship, mm. which has been, you know, the thing that I really look for um, with chefs. And I think the idea of coming back to that is um, from a, a completely different place is incredibly exciting to me right now. Right. 
Um, and maybe finally, you know, being able to find that chef that you really want to work with long term right. and, and have the possibility to do that. And I have to say that Justin has just gone away and grown up and like really done incredible things for himself, you know, both personally and professionally. Right. So it's a, a real pleasure to be doing that again. Yeah, no, it's, it's always great to work with uh, people you love. And I think it's important that they do go away, that they get a chance to grow and stretch and come back. And as long as the relationship is healthy, it just turns into something fantastic. Yeah, it's um, amazing. You know, I was just up in Maine with Sarah Jenkins and, oh, you know, wow. Ignacio yeah. Matos and I are really good friends. And, and these are the who's who's of New yeah, York chefs. Just right. Great. It's come through. Right. Um, but to your question of travel and all what? of that. We're going to hold for one second yeah. for the travel because we got to do, we got to do a little drinking because it's drinking on the job. We always pair something with the person. So, uh, we're going to do uh, an Amaro Faccia Bruto, which is means, uh, better you translate than me. Ugly face, ugly brutal face, face ugly face. Uh, so Patrick Miller is a guy who, uh, chef at Rucola decided he wanted to do spirits, uh, found an old uh, recipe and he actually makes this Amaro, uh, in bed in Brooklyn. Mm. So, uh, you know, he he made this. We, there's not a lot of bottles, so I figured we will have this together. I love the label. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic label, right? But uh, cheers. Cheers. A little uh, Amara, a little uh, to digest what we're talking about. <laughs> also, there was a uh, an odd moment. Uh, I was I walked into a buco. That's great, right? Delicious. I don't like Campari, so yeah. When I saw the color of it, I was a little bit. Yeah, it, it's all organic uh, ingredients, and I forget the name of the the beetle that they use to color it, uh, but it's a natural coloring. Uh, yeah, it's it's just it's got that orange peel spice yeah. to it, uh, but uh, I love it. It's not too viscous, and there's not a lot of sweetness to it because I'm not a sweet. I'm more of a much bitter kind of Me too. person. I'll take I'll take broccoli rog, bro- broccoli rab, arugula, anything like that over. Um, but I got to tell you, nobody can recreate that. You know, you could you could steal the recipes. You can try, right? But nobody's going to recreate the feel. El um, buco is unico. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It is its own unique thing. I mean, what makes a great restaurant, right? It's just like I know restaurateurs, and they can try to recreate stuff. And you walk in, and uh, I remember I think it was uh, the original uh, Danny Meyer Eleven Madison Park. The woman mm-hmm. had the, char- the the board with like the Scrabble board specials, and um, I forget. It might have been Frank Bruni who called it soulless. It might mm. be because it's a bank. It was, you know, it was an old bank, and I agree. But there's something about the soul of a restaurant uh, that I think people re- they can feel it. They can't put their finger on it. It's one of those like, how was that? Was good. I don't know if I'd go back. They couldn't tell you why. Um, you never get that feeling walking out of your restaurants. Well, I think Bob Guccione Jr. was the person who like kind of hit the nail on the head one day when he was sitting in that little corner table six and having his favorite sliced celery and botarga. Oh, my dish. And he said to me, you know what it is, Donna, about this place? It's just slightly awkward. (laughs) And I thought that was like so perfect because it never was made to be a restaurant. So it doesn't have that anything symmetrical about it right. it's just like you're in someone's home yeah. and it just feels good in there and of course as we said the energy is there yeah it's not the precious, beautiful right. tables are there they're simple and rustic and you know the the details all around are beautiful the mm. ceramics on the walls and the beautiful cutting boards that alberta bought or the copper pots or just there's 
beautiful details that that make it feel great. Yeah. So in the book, you discuss these epic meals and traveling. So give us one one great meal that you know, like sticks with you. You wake up in the middle of the night still kind of thinking of it sometimes like, wow. Or um, I mean, I'm sure there's too many. I mean, you, you were in Ibiza. You had a El Buco in Ibiza for a while. Like, so your world travel is like it's, you know, I mean, you, you've, you've traveled so much and have eaten so many great meals. Like, I love to travel. Mm. Um, I love to travel for food. I love to have that experience. I feel like when you're in, when you're eating in any region or any country, you know, you get to know the country from the food. Sure. Um, it's such a beautiful, like, link to the culture. Um, and I think, you know, some of my fondest memories are in early days of Ilbuco with Alberto traveling up and down through Galicia and Portugal and Spain. Mm-hmm. I think those were, like, really formative. I can you know, distinctly remember the taste of the jamón ibérico sure. in, you know, Jerez or San Lucar de Barameda, you know, like that. Um, yeah, no. But I remember a meal that we had in um, near Vigo. Oh, and uh, by the fish market. Yeah, up up in, you know, on the border between Portugal and Spain mm, in Galicia. Yeah. And... Um, it was a it was a, a a turbo roasted in a pan with aqua pazza and potatoes and very very simple with an incredible albarino and like I think that's the one that comes up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think I wrote about it in the book because um, yeah, I guess you have to write about that in the book, right? Yeah. But there's millions of meals. I'm sure. Yeah, you know, there's millions of beautiful meals, including that beautiful time we had with with Tom and at Passard's farm that right. was um, just a 25th anniversary celebration with great friends right yeah. so and I think it's really who you're with when you eat I totally agree right it's a lot of that can you know that's that the family feel sitting around the table or um, you know my my good buddy uh, Ross who's the executive producer here and edits and he said uh, um, when he says you know when I talk about someone I care about he always says uh have you, have you had a meal with them? And I'm like, um, no. He goes, eh. I, his That's his measure, very kind of Italian. Like, I don't, I don't know how close you are with that person. You break bread with someone, you're close with them. Yeah. And a meal is very special. It should be that kind of uh, sacred moment, right? To like, I don't like to eat with people. You have a dinner with some people, and they kind of, there's always this. They want to talk about politics or you know, your stomach. It's like, can we just eat? I don't want to talk about. Uh, it could change your relationship. Yeah. I mean, there could be some someone that you like, that you can eat with. It can turn it. It can turn it off. Yeah. I mean, if they don't get it, if they don't really love to eat the way you love to eat. I mean, I feel like there's there is like it's an extra connecting piece between people if you totally. can actually share that yeah. love of actually, you know. Of course, for for me, it's very you know. People are like, oh Donna, you know. You know, you're not going to go there, or you know, it's so hard to go out with you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like I'm really. It's really easy to go out with me, and it's actually really easy to cook for me. Like people are afraid to cook for me. Right. They're like, you know, they're afraid to like. Are you going to like this place? Like I'm like, yeah, I want to try it. Sure. But but the the act of actually appreciating what you eat is incredible sure. and some people you connect with on it and some people you may not everyone listening has friends that they love to go have dinner with 
because they love the food and or they want to turn them onto something great. Yeah, I, I totally agree. If, if you don't really like to eat, I don't really want to have dinner with you. That's the deal breaker. And hell no would I ever have been in a relationship with someone who doesn't like to eat. I, I had a, I double dated once with a friend of mine and he was so happy that it was like he could just spend a little amount as possible and he wanted to just eat as fast as possible. He just thought his food is like gasoline. That's all it was. It's just like, this is just fuel for my body. And I was like, I thought, well, we'll never ever dine again, my friend, because this was like horrible. And just, you know, it's just, yeah. it is a, it's a sacred moment to be able to share your, your thoughts and food. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's a wonderful moment. So what inspired you to write a book? Like everyone has a book in them, but like what, what, what was the breaking point? You know what? I have too many stories. Like I've lived enough life now. It's got to be put down. I've thought about writing this book like for years. I've had people approach me, are you going to do the cookbook? Um, quite honestly, I didn't have time to do a book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, God will go going, you know, then I was, uh, you know, I had a kid in 2005. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 11 years in, um, I was a single mom. You know, I was taking care of my kid and running a business. And then I was, you know, in 2010, getting married and opening another restaurant. And, you know, there just wasn't time. And and honestly, I've always felt my life just going. And and then I got to a place, um, you know, a couple years ago where I was just like, I've got to slow down. You know, my son's getting older and he's going to be going to college soon and I want to be there and I need to like, I mean, for me, the book was about tying a ribbon around these 25 years. You know, the 25th anniversary was coming. That's what it was. That was the inspiration. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, 25 years, like you've done it. Like you have to, yeah, congratulations and stop working so hard. And what do you want next for yourself? And if you don't stop and tie this ribbon around this chapter, you're not gonna, you're just gonna keep going, going, going without really giving it thought. And so mm. it was really about stopping and, and giving thought to what I wanted next in my life. And, um, and, and also I had an incredible amount of appreciation for what I had accomplished. And, for, and I also, I think, felt I had um, come to a time of, okay, Joe died, you know, 29 years ago it is now. So it was like 27 Mm. when I started thinking about this. And all these things have happened in my life. And, you know, and I want to really appreciate them and, and, you know, pay tribute somehow to, to what had gone on. And also, like, reflect on it. You know, I think writing a book is about reflection. You know, for me, it was like, I want to have time to write this book the right way. And of course, you never do. You never right. really have that time. Um, I, I worked with an incredible writer, Joshua David Stein, who, you know, I have to say, just so got it. Like, he right. got my voice. He knew the restaurant. He loved it. He, we, we connected. He just um, was able to to take my my words and to put them on the page in a way that felt like me. Yeah. Um, I, I keep a lot of notes on my wine trips and I still have them in my little Kate's paper, little journals. And I'm amazed sometimes when I look back 20 years ago and, you know, I was 
stranded somewhere or stuck somewhere. Did you have any aha moments like when you were combing through, you know, all your historic like travels and you're like, oh, wow, I totally forgot about that. That's where I found X or that's where I fell in love with olive oil. That's where I fell in love with or discovered something about me that I didn't know. I don't think it was like looking through things and mm -hmm. looking through notes. I would think it was just like sitting with Joshua telling the story and right. asking me questions and suddenly it was like, and da 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 da. And I was like, and I, oh, I haven't talked about that in a long time. I haven't right. thought about that. So it was more like that. Um, and, you know, going back and looking at the, you know, the scrapbook that Giorgio Capaletti, one of our early partners, um, would put together with all the old photos or going through, you know, pictures of, of me and Alberto when we were young, you know, some of which are in the, in the book and, and, um, you know, then the memories flood in and, and there's also a beautiful element where, um, we have our regulars speaking, you know, in quotes in different right. recipes throughout the book. And I really wanted to thread in that piece because the people who have been part of Lubuco, sure. like yourself, like yeah. Tom, like, yeah. you know, so many people and, and so many who actually didn't make it into the book and were thinking of doing a little separate little addendum, you know, to get everything that we didn't get in. Because you do have to kind of edit out stuff that breaks your heart. Sure. Um, but I have to say, you know, a um, hundred books came into my house last Wednesday, and I had my whole crew from Montauk. We did a pop up in Montauk, and they were all there. And these hundred books land on the doorstep in my house in in Springs in East Hampton. And you know, I pulled the first one out and I ripped the plastic off, and you know, it's like. Everyone was really excited to see everything, but it was like I'd already seen the cover, I'd seen every page, mm -hmm. I, you know, I'd read everything, and I was just like, it was like this anticlimactic yeah. moment, and I was like, yeah, cool, and it took me like till like the two days before the the um, the book signing in in Montauk, I, I had a massage, and suddenly on that massage table, I just lost it, wow. the end of the massage, and I was like. Yeah oh my God, this is it, you know, yeah. it's like really out. And then after the signing on Sunday, Monday, I stayed in Montauk at the hotel, left my son with Roberto at the house right. for a week. I stayed almost a week in Montauk and I just read the book cover to cover. And, um, were you happy? Yes. Yeah, good. Like what a strange thing to be happy. I could never yeah. imagine being happy with it. And it, we really felt like, okay, this is what I was setting out to do. And it's here, and it's mostly all here, and there's no like huge, you know, grammatical errors that I <laughs> or something that I totally like messed up. And it just felt, you know, there was a satisfying feeling of, yes, it's tied up in here. It's between these this binding. Right. It's I've got it in my hand. It's it's good enough yeah. it's really it's actually better than good enough mm -hmm. and that's like a lot for me to say because I am such a detail-oriented perfectionist and we had this incredible photography team of gentle and hires Marty and Andrea are like incredible and an incredible uh, designer and Sue Barber and a you know a, a freelance um, editor who came in in the last minute this woman Eleanor Hutton because we lost our editor at, at Harper and you know just everybody worked really hard and cool. really fluidly together and it was great so if people want to get the book so we're having a you're having a book release party next week at Obuco 
on the 27th, 27th. Tuesday. And if they want the book, how do they get the book? Can they order on Amazon or? You can order on Amazon. Or? Very inexpensively right now. I think they only <laughs> let you get three books at a time though. Okay. Um, and it'll be available at the restaurant, at Vita, at numerous different places. I guess we'll have to release some kind of listing. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, you should. Uh, I could put on my website as yeah. well. Uh, so right. uh, we're at the part of the show where I we, we close out with my, I'll call them the John Coyle questions. Okay. Uh, you're going to be leaving the planet and you're going to have one last meal. So you're going to be abducted by uh, aliens who love great food and you're going to open a restaurant. So you're going to be leaving Earth uh, in a great way. So you're going to have your last meal, your last drink, and your last piece of music. So what are you eating? What are you drinking? And what are you listening to <gasps> as a... As Roberto waves goodbye to you as you go on to the alien mothership to go open some place. Uh, oh, goodness. I guess the, we have to start with some anchovy toast on okay. Sheena's buckwheat bread with her cultured butter. Okay. I guess we got to do that. And maybe there's some botarga thrown in. Some botarga and celery would be good. A little oh salad. God. Yes. Um, Mm. Maybe it's but maybe it's it could be a pasta with botarga. Like we could do that. We could do pot. We maybe all fish. Yeah. Um. It could be like spaghetti with botarga and a little pepperoncino, and then a nice beautiful fish under salt. Nice, like a salt crusted. Yeah, salt crusted. Yeah. Um. What are you drinking? That sounds good. What am I drinking with that? Oh. Definitely. Could be a gorgeous Albarino. Mm -hmm. Be do Ferrero. Yeah, could be, nice. Pick could up be all thinking the salt of my and, yeah. of my galloping through his his uh, vineyard that Tom always reminds me about, or Andre always reminds me uh, about in Galicia. Yeah, yeah. Gerardo Mendez's uh, vineyard. Yes. Could be that. <laughs> okay. Um, Armilio Rojo. Be, sure, that would be, be really that good. That would too. be really good. Yeah. I think we'll go with that. Well, I don't know. I don't want to put them in competition. Okay. We'll, we'll do what we'll do a glass of each. And what are you listening to? What am I listening to? If you're closing your eyes oh, and you're gosh. leaving, what are you listening to? It's probably Brazilian. Yeah. Yeah, it could be, or I mean, gosh, that would be too. Maybe a little heavy. Like a little Barber Adagio. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. Um, Marissa Monche. I think I would go with her. Is she a Brazilian? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I think that would, at this moment right now, that's what's in my head. Cool. Very good. Um, well, did I leave anything out? No, I think Dropped we got dessert. I, I, I think, oh, yeah. Well, okay, of course. What are we going to have for dessert? Ignacio's chocolate cake smothered in that cream. Ooh. That warm chocolate okay. cake. Okay. Warm chocolate cake. Yeah. Smothered in cream. Mm. Okay. Um, I want to thank you for being on uh, Drinking on the Job and DOTJ podcast. I'm so happy that I'm going to be able to read the recipes and have the recipes from Il Buco. Um, so people will look for the book. And uh, can they come to the restaurant to get a book? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, it'll be at Alimentary, it'll be at Il Buco Vita. 
It'll be at Obuk. I mean, it'll be it'll be everywhere. Okay. I want to say thank you, Donna, for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me, John. It's great to hang out with you. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to check us out at dotjpodcast.com. Until then, I'll see you at the bar. Deixa eu dizer que te amo Deixa eu gostar de você Isso me acalma, me acolhe a alma Isso me ajuda a viver Hoje contei pras paredes